Welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this episode. March is a good time to review things because, one, we're getting into spring. My son just had his birthday, so happy birthday to my son. He's four, so I'm sure he's listening to this podcast, definitely. Uh, Okay, so last summer, I met this incredible, incredible woman, Haley Evans. She's a corporal. She's a uh, police officer out of Arkansas. She went to our Dynamic Populations course and uh, was really impressed with everything that she was presenting uh, throughout the three days. And so uh, through the coordination of my awesome uh, producer and or chief executive, our chief operations officer, Ashley, we got a hold of Haley and said, hey, let's bring her onto the podcast. And so I have asked Haley if we want to join Haley now. Haley, Hello. welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, it's been a while. It has. Excited to catch up and hear all the things. Um, just starting off before we even get into the meat of everything, um, before even die pop, cause I'm going to ask you about die pop. Can you tell us a little bit more about your job and why emergency management is kind of like your go-to in terms of like your educational pursuit and in, in, in addition to being a, a law enforcement officer? Yeah. So I have been a police officer for six years and I always knew I wanted to do something more, um, then just be a beat cop. And we actually had a really terrible storm come in, mm. in 2019. And I realized that we had a whole lot of chiefs, not a lot of Indians and mm. no one took that NIMS training that we all have to do at the beginning <laughs> when we get hired. Yeah. Um, so from there, I just kind of started doing research and thought that bringing in experienced emergency manager into my community probably wouldn't hurt. And it yeah. wasn't very long after I started my education that I got put to use um, <laughs> a lot. So They were like, hey, great. Thanks uh, for being now our designated person to do this. Exactly. Exactly. They're like, oh, you know how to do this like real. So um, <laughs> it has definitely come in handy and we still have a lot of chiefs, mm. um, but it's organized chaos, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, a disaster response is a disaster for a reason. You know, the uh, you, you bring up um, a lot of chiefs, the the uh, Michigan State University active shooter, um, unfortunately, highlighted some of those deficiencies of lack of NIMS, lack of, you know, the coordination, how that how that works out. And there was a little bit of chaos um, because of that. And, uh, you know, no discredit to the officers who wanted to end that experience incredibly quickly. But one of the your former classmates uh, took the course and we, we talked about it. And uh, he said, hey, there's a lot of lessons learned for how emergency management can help, you know, all the chiefs in the room. Right. And uh, organize uh, that disaster. So that's an interesting call out because lately I've been working a lot with different um, extensions of emergency management, the DOD, law enforcement, fire, police, EMS, all that stuff. And um, even dispatch a lot lately, funny enough. And what I found was, and I wanted you to kind of correct me here. I'm hoping you can correct me. What I found is because fire uses NIMS and they use like the ICS a lot more, that it's easier for them to start to understand the principles of emergency management. And I found that because law enforcement does so much with investigations and command and control, it can be difficult to learn those skill sets. Do you find that to be true? 
not true, kind of a mixed bag. What's, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, absolutely. So when we start, we all have to take NIMS 100, you know, IS 100, get your credit. Um, and I don't think anyone actually sits and registers what we're doing um, and how that can it can be used. Um, and what I notice is we go into a scene and we're trying to end the scene as quickly as possible, mm. whether it's, you know, a, an accident or a disturbance, anything like that. We're going in and we're trying to end it. So when we have these large scale events, that's still our mindset of we need to go in, we need to make it stop. Whereas if you applied NIMS, it's okay, take a step back. This is where, okay, who's doing this? Who's doing this? And that allows us to handle it a little bit better, um, which we see with you know those large scale things where we have somebody that's missing and we need to try and locate them. Or when we have that big storm come in and our phones are down and we can't get anywhere. Um, I think the problem with police officers is, is we do this because we just want to immediately help people. And it's really hard to take that step back and say that I have to yield that to somebody else, that I have to wait for somebody to give me that direction of where to go when I know what I need to do to solve this problem. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue in collapsed and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. Instinct Ready Kits are awesome. Compact, fully loaded, and easy to place around your office, school, campus, warehouse, wherever. I keep a quick pack in my vehicle and one at home. Imagine Instinct Ready, fully loaded, stop the bleed kits in every school and office. Get Instinct Ready Kits and training at InstinctReady.com. Okay, let's jump back in. Yeah, that's a fantastic call out. And quite frankly, you know, what makes something on one end makes something a problem. On the other hand, makes makes it enhanced or advanced on. Yeah, you know, you want officers to respond and not hesitate. Like you want them to be able to go in there and, you know, take control of the situation because, you know, something could be very dangerous. And so I can understand that that skill set, that honed skill set, could be difficult. Now, what I say is if officers or anybody in like tactical response is able to say, Hey, I see what the end of the road looks like. I know what it's like to be here. So if I pull back and they can learn those skill sets of coordination, collaboration, getting everybody, like, as you said, yielding some of that, they can, this once they understand both ends of the spectrum, they can be highly, highly effective, but they, it, it, they are, two separate skill sets that I think complement each other. If you, if you understand the whole thing. So just, just curious on your thoughts there, but you know, when, when we're thinking about, uh, you know, all this stuff, I'm going to make a really strong plug here for dynamic populations because that's where we met you. And yes. so we can say, Hey, we meet, meet cool people. You are in law enforcement, but you took an emergency management class. You have a master's in emergency management. I do. Uh, why dynamic populations? Like what drew you to that course? And then 
you know, what were the takeaways that are applicable for you in your sphere of influence right now? So what's awesome and not awesome um, about law enforcement is we get to go to a lot of classes um, and same with emergency management, but it is either on the computer and you are just learning it that way, or you are sitting in a room, watching PowerPoints, taking your test, walking away. Hold on, um, hold you- on. You got that? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get to apply what you learn. Um, and so with DIPOP, it was, okay, you're going to learn this during the day, and then you're going to apply it in tabletops at night. And then at the end of the week, you're going to take what you learned, and you're either going to pass or fail with this, this scenario. Um, and the other thing is, is there's, you know, I think there was 25 of us or something like that in the group. And that's what it's going to be like if you are in an incident like this is it's going to be 25 people that you don't know. And if you can't work with them and you can't apply or adjust your personality in the way that you think to kind of work together as a group, you're not going to succeed when it becomes the disaster that you're actually going to work. So that was awesome because it's okay. We're all type A's. That's why we do this. We are all type A big personalities. And now it's one of those things of how do I take a step back and become like a type A minus? So I'm not the biggest person in the room and I can learn from everybody else, but still get what I need said and done so we can all succeed as a group. And we absolutely did it. And I'd say it was super successful. And I've definitely taken things I've learned from the course and put it into my work and kind of how I just am as a person now being in a room full of type A personalities. Well, based off of how you did in the class, I'm going to say you're not an A minus here, A plus. <laughs> but uh, it was impressive. And honestly, it made us think, okay, how can we make this harder? Um, it was already hard. We already exhausted everybody. <laughs> and we're like, let's see if we can increase, uh, you know, go up a notch. And it's funny when, uh, you know, looking at each cohort and the needs of that cohort, um, you know, there was a lot of public safety that we fell back on and people were very good at emergency management, public safety. And um, uh, one of the things that happened at uh, our course in Orlando was we had another phenomenal group, but they didn't really have that background. Uh, we had a lot of school administrators there, a lot of DOD there. And um, this was some of this was new concept. And it was pure mayhem at certain points. <laughs> I actually had to pull back and like, you know, cause you guys, I, I was going all in, I was yelling at you yeah. guys when I needed to. Um, and uh, for them, I was like, okay, I had to be like nice big brother uh, at some <laughs> points. Cause like people were, it was getting people in tears and like, but that's what you want. Like honestly in a training environment, because when it is that intense, when you have that much information coming at you in like a type one incident, we'll just say type one incident, and, you know, the information could be constantly changing and your actions will impact the safety of others, then it is it is overwhelming. And, and it's very hard to uh, design any training program that induces those kinds of feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you brought up NIMS earlier. If we could trust NIMS and if we had, you know, I've been on the soapbox for a while now, standardization and emergency management then we could get beyond, we'll never pass out your business card in a disaster. The reality is most of the big disasters I've been at, 99% of the people I met out there are, I'm meeting them for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so when we say this, it's like, 
Well, what are you actually saying is because if you can't trust the position that's coming in because you don't know their level of competency, are you not speaking the same language? You know, in terms of NIMS, are you not doing like the same things? So they're not the same level of expectations. Standardization, you know, one of the reasons why that's so important is because it, it can help out with that is when Haley Evans can come in the room, you expect her to be A+, plus, right? You expect her to be able to do her job. When John walks in, you expect to run away from him because he'll probably start yelling at you. <laughs> and, you know, just to have all those kinds of things, right? So uh, moving on kind of from Diapop and really thinking of law enforcement and emergency management. I've been saying that emergency managers are first responders. And I have a, I have a whole pitch on that. And basically it's because I believe I can help the tacticians as they do their job. I'm not a tactician. I don't try to pretend to be. I'm not going to run into a building with it when there's an active shooter. I'm not going to try to put out a fire in a you know when there's a wildfire. But I can help coordinate those things. And so thinking about it from that aspect, as you are a law enforcement officer and the emergency manager, your unique perspective, even outside of my own, how can emergency management specifically help law enforcement do their job, especially if they're so used to just running in and, and trying to get the job done? I think it's something that law enforcement needs to step up with as well. We need more than just the IS 100 NIMS course, because, you know, that's a requirement for us to send people to the academy now is you have to have that done before you even go to the academy. The 30 and minute online. Wow. It's 105 slides, by the way. So congratulations. With that quiz that you have to do at the end that you can. Yeah. What a joke. I think we need to do more as law enforcement, that it needs to be more than just that NIMS course. You need to have that built in in your departments of this is the structure in case something happens. Have those people designated within your department in these positions so that when something happens, it falls back to that. And it's not, okay, well, this is what we're doing because this is what we've always done. Because when something happens... Yeah. When something happens and we're all working together because we're in a community that we've got neighboring smaller communities, we're all going to end up working big stuff together. So if I walk in and I say, okay, this is, this is what I do. How can I help you? And they're like, well, no, I do that. So, so I'm going to do that. Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) how can we work together and set up a structure that's, covering all of us. And even if that's something that we need to do as a community where it's like, okay, Northwest Arkansas, we are a very niche area um, with a lot of big departments, but a lot of smaller departments because we still have rural areas. If that's something that we need to get some of these smaller departments together. And it's like, if this is what happens, this is what we need to do. Um, I think that's what needs to happen because what you see is when that storm rolls through, it's, well, this is what I'm doing because this is what I do in my everyday job is I'm going to still go to calls and I'm still going to clear roadways mm. because that's what I do when it's, well, why don't we take a step back? I'll come to one point and I'll send you where I need you to go. So I know where everybody is because our radios are down. Um, yeah. And, and it, honestly, it'll make you more efficient too. Like I understand that a, a traffic stop doesn't need an emergency manager to be like, Hey, let's pump the brakes here. (laughs) You know, like that's your job. Right. But when there is a large storm coming through or there is an active shooter, especially if it's like pulse nightclub, which uh, you heard from the incident Mm -hmm. there, 
when it's a three hour ordeal and not a 10 minute ordeal. And there has to be some planning around that. Um, luckily for fire and uh, police on that incident, they had great comms, but emergency managers, uh, you know, you look at the Navy yard shooting. They, one of the after actions is that everybody had a different radio comms. Everybody had, they were dressed differently. People were off duty. People were on duty. They had different federal agencies. Some people were in fatigue. Some people look like, you know, your standard officers. Some people, it's like you had everybody come from every direction and therefore it creates this chaos of I'm seeing somebody running around with a gun and now everybody's trying to run around, but they're actually just the system selves, right? But they don't know it's one of their sister agencies. And so um, thinking about it from that perspective, can you name four or five different things? And I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, where emergency managers can directly help a large-scale incident. Uh, you called out one if your radios go down. So mm-hmm. radio communications, we're all, in the, we're all in the same frequency. We're all doing the same thing. What are th- three or four of the things that law enforcement specifically can use emergency managers to coordinate or collaborate? Uh, preparedness. I think that's a huge one. And that's something I'm trying to push hard mm-hmm. is if you help to prepare your law enforcement officers, but as well as the community that you work in, that's going to go tenfold because when that accident or, you know, incident happens, everybody's kind of prepared of this is what's going to happen. Um, On the other end of when it comes... When you say that, let me cut you off. When you say that, this is really fascinating. Are you saying that not not you're not talking about seventy two hour kits? You're talking about informing the community of how law enforcement is going to respond to their incident. To a degree, yeah. yeah. Um, so for um, preparedness month, a couple months ago, with September, yeah, September. I um, yeah, I run our social media, and so I was putting stuff out of how to be prepared, what to do, how to be prepared, because at the end of the day, if your community members aren't prepared, then that's going to throw us back, you know six or seven days because, well, now I've got to try and get these people out, Mm. you know, because they weren't ready. And now we're, we need to be doing something else, but we have to get these people out of their houses. Mm. Um, so I just work on preparing my guys, the people I work with, of this is what you need to do in a situation, but also preparing my community for this is how you should react in a situation because this is what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think a lot of the problem, and when we go do our active shooter training, for example, for Doberman, we're telling people of how law enforcement is going to talk to them. They're yelling at you. It's not because they're mad at you. You know, it's about command and control. If there's an active shooter, when they step beyond you, it's not because they don't care about you. They're they're dealing with the active threat first. And so, like, they're, again, from the community perspective, they just need to learn how to, properly properly engage so they can also help de-escalate i'm not saying that law enforcement shouldn't also learn those skill sets because i think there's also plenty of examples where that skill set could uh to be could be enhanced potentially Mm -hmm. but i think community members also need to understand that they're interacting with other humans that have a singular focus of threat detection and threat elimination and um you know from all from all aspects right like how do you come to an agreeable terms that, that this is uh, this is appropriate action? Uh, speaking of the community, what have been some of your most successful community outreach programs and or community initiatives that you've taken? Yeah, so we do um, National Night Out every year. 
uh, first mm-hmm. Tuesday in August. That's usually a huge event for us. Um, we set everything up. They can come see all of our SWAT toys that we call them the SWAT toys. You know, we bring out the Matt V, we bring out the Humvee. You know, the kids love to play in them, see that we have those. They get to turn on the sirens, ask us any questions they might. That's always a huge event for us. Um, I have got it to where anytime somebody from the community calls, our dispatch forwards it to us. So I'm doing talks probably about two to three times a month where I'm going to churches or um, retirement centers and talking to people about scams because we get a lot of scams in our um, community. So I'm available for anyone in our community. If you need to have an officer come and talk, I will absolutely come and talk to you. Uh, We're always at our elementary school. We have an elementary school. We are there every single morning. So they they see us, they're comfortable with us. So if they need to call us in, um, they have no problem having us come in and deal with the situation. Um, yeah, I, my favorite thing is the impromptu stuff. Like we had a couple of girls that had a lemonade stand last year. So I sent all the guys and we went and got lemonade at the lemonade really? stand. That's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. it's that little stuff. Um, that's yeah. the stuff that is going to help the community become more comfortable with you. So mm. when they do need something, they're calling you rather than being scared of you. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's just like the reality of like what man talk about a, a great, great, great call out there of if they're around you, if they see you, if they can see what's happening, if it's not like something behind a mask, like we, I, I think about the hazmat incidents and like showing up and you look like an alien to like a 10 year old <laughs> scares the crap out of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like opportunities where they think get to handle things and look at it. Now I'm not saying people should handle radioactive material, <laughs> But what I'm saying is like getting in, getting involved with responders, you know, there's been such a shift and I don't know if this shows the appropriate uh, show for the talk about the climate, the current climate of that. But growing up, you know, I looked at the emergency services and said like, oh, those are your heroes to your community, you know, and that's been really ad- uh, addressed with some very few, but very big national attention incidents that have drawn away from that and i think there's also uh bias and there's all there's all these kind of things that play into that of what's been happening but there is a cultural shift all emergency services from emergency managers emergency managers to firefighters across the board their numbers are going down people are not taking those jobs and i think the exposure to hey we're out here to help out the community and we're you know see what we're doing and I think also giving officers an opportunity to see people normally, you know, I, I once got pulled over for speeding. Uh Oh, and the officer <laughs> was just screaming at me. And I was like, dude, all you had to say was like, you know, the standard of what, what you got 20 years ago. Do you know how fast you're going? Uh, I'm going to say no. So I get out of the ticket, <laughs> but like I, I was totally fine. If the guy gave me a ticket and I go to court, if I want to go to court, but I, I'd walked away from that incident thinking like he was on edge. I could tell he was on edge, you know, and uh, I've, I've interacted with other officers who, who are not on edge. But I, I think somewhere down the line, his experiences taught him to be nervous, taught him to be, uh, you know, at, at the extreme. And I wondered how often do we all do that across all the fields because of because I'm looking at disasters all the time. When I talk to people who are not in disasters, for example, 
They're like, dude, this literally never happens. People in St. Louis who have tornadoes happen all the time here will say to me, well, I've never seen a tornado. You know, so one, I'm like, oh, my gosh, but I've been to tornadoes. I've seen the damage. And so my awareness of that is is I wonder if it's skewed, but I also wonder if it gets skewed for officers, too. So that community outreach is just huge. I'm talking a while there, but, you know, it's a call out to to get in front of people outside of your normal scope of who you're dealing with. Oh, yeah, I, I live for the stickers and, you know, little fake badges and stuff, because if you start young, then it's going to help that you had a positive reaction when you were a kid. And I always try and remind people we're people too. At the end of the day, I go home Mm. and I take off the uniform. Like this, this isn't what I wear constantly. Um, what? And it's, I know it's crazy. Uh, it's hard to see past that sometimes though. It's, it's hard to see past what you do as a job is not your entire life. Um, and I, I think it's hard for people to see that separation of, oh, you don't do this 24 hours a day. No, I really don't. Yeah, I think it's also important to remind everybody who's listening to the podcast that you also don't do it 20, 24 hours a day. Like so much of us is like, this is embedded to like everything I do. And I have to even remember like, okay, like this is dad time. I can go out to get an ice cream with my kids and like not worry or not thinking about everything else. It's so hard to turn that off. Honestly, so hard. Yeah. Especially when it's ingrained and you've seen some stupid stuff and you're like, uh, you know, I think mental first aid is what I've been calling it on the show. Cause it, I think it relaxes people a little bit, but I think mental first aid is very important and having a community of people who can understand it's important, all that stuff. But, yeah, really interesting. Uh, I'm going way off topic here, but really. <laughs> Let's round it out to that call out for people who are we're addressing the the problem that essentially people don't want to take the job anymore. And uh, it used to be all about the helpers, you know, Mr. Rogers. Right. If you hear sirens in the neighborhood, you know, it's the, the helpers are, are helping somebody. Um what would be your call to help people get into either law enforcement or emergency management? Like, how do you get, how do you get that attraction outside of the, I would believe indoctrination, which I'm definitely doing to my children right now. They do CPR on me all the time. It's really fun. <laughs> Two and four. They actually do, by the way. That's awesome. CPR and my daughter, it's funny. My daughter puts her hands on me and I'm expected to breathe and she's doing CPR. So anyways, um, that's awesome. How do you get, how do you get adults who want to make this a career? Um, you like know, what was your why, for example? My why was because I wanted to be there to help. Mm. Um, I always knew I wanted to be in the criminal justice sphere. I just wasn't sure where. Um, and then law enforcement, like I said, kind of called me. And once I got in it, I knew I needed to do more, um, which is why I went the emergency management route and have now gone community outreach because I see that there was a disconnect. We needed people to to know that we're people and we're, it doesn't, you don't have to be scared of us. Um, I want people, if you want to do this job, if you've ever thought to do just do this job, go do a ride along, go see what an average day is, go sit in at your local emergency management office for your state or your county. See that what we do every day, you know, it's not, 
what you think it is. It's not live PD. It's not cops. It's not like that every day. Bad boys, um, bad boys. You don't <laughs> sing that constantly when you're driving around. How I'm, I'm often do you sing it? Pretty often. I mean, <laughs> yeah. pretty often. Yeah. Uh, you you got to get yourself pumped up to go to certain calls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you do have that stuff where you're, you know, it's fun. It's go, it's go. But you also have stuff that's gonna make you feel really good that you got to be a part of it that you went and helped somebody get gas because they ran out of gas on the side of the road. It's little stuff like that. So yeah, if you like to drive fast cars, sure, it's fun, but there's more to it than that. So if you're interested in it, they're not going to tell you no, because we're all trying to hire right now. I mean, like you said, no one wants these jobs right now. So we all have positions we're trying to fill. Well, uh, I was going to make um, a clip about coming to Arkansas and doing a ride along, but then, um, oh, what is his name? Fordham? Uh, the, the guy that broke the wall. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. I wouldn't even know how to get into his vehicle because the guy <laughs> probably takes up the entire. This guy is huge. For everybody who's listening to the podcast, just imagine you're looking at like a seven story <laughs> building made out of bricks and then put a face on that. And this is this, yep. is this guy. Uh, good guy. Yeah. So, Maybe I'll come and do a ride along in Arkansas sometime. See everybody. It'd be kind of fun. Absolutely. Um, but I absolutely demand playing bad boys um, <laughs> on track constantly. While, while just on around. loop. Yeah, just on loop. <laughs> Give me a gun. No, John. <laughs> you don't get a gun. Dang it. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Haley, it's, it's such a pleasure to, to, to hear different perspectives of emergency management and how cool it is that your why brought you to emergency management through law enforcement. I think it's going to give you really an amazing perspective as you continue with us, you know, advancing your career and advancing what emergency management can do and reaching out to the community with your last call out on the show here. If you could have anybody across the field, uh, you know, all emergency services, but especially emergency managers, listen to one piece of advice from you. What would it be? What is your call out for us? Oh, Keep going. Just keep going. Keep there's going. Bad, yep. There's bad days. Get past the bad days and just keep going. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have a good day. Yeah, I like that. I like the phrase, uh, I I lived through yesterday, so I know, and I'm here today, so I know I'm going to be okay tomorrow. I like that. And yeah, I think it's a good way. So we'll just do the keep on keeping on as we <laughs> uh, get out of here from Arkansas. Very appropriate. Uh, okay. So for everybody listening to this podcast, law enforcement and emergency management, really fascinating to think about the correlations, the, the good, the bad, the ugly there. Haley is, uh, it's such a pleasure again to talk to her. If you liked this episode, which you should have, cause she's a plus and you heard about die pop, <laughs> a nice little plug for us there. Thanks Haley. If you want to give us a five star rating and subscribe, if you want to ask or uh, questions or you have comments about law enforcement and how you have done the job, to help law enforcement coordinate and collaborate. Love to see that on social media for anything for Disaster Tough Podcast. And we'll see you for the next week. Bye.